Welcome to the Peace and Purpose Podcast. This podcast is for entertainment and informational purposes only. It should not be considered medical, nutritional, psychological, or any other form of advice. If you need specific advice, please consult a professional. Hey, everyone. I'm glad that I'm in your ears yet again this week. Uh, I wanted to update you all. We actually do not have Chance with us today. He was not able to join us, but he is with us in spirit, and he wanted to let us know that. So, today we have a very special guest. His name is Terry Osborne, and Terry has served as a coach, teacher, government official, executive director, and CEO. A man with a true thirst for courageous service, Terry has left many of his highly successful endeavors to leap into new and challenging opportunities to love others. While serving in a governmental capacity, Terry was selected to co-chair the Bush Presidential Committee. He was also appointed to the North Carolina Youth Advisory Board by North Carolina Governor Jim Martin. Terry then led as Executive Director of Rowan Vocational Opportunities, an organization that provides jobs for the physically and mentally disabled. Terry currently serves as CEO of Rowan Canapolis ABC, an alcoholic beverage distribution company where he supervises 22 full-time employees and 35 part-time employees. During his time as CEO, Terry started the sold-out drug and alcohol education program for youth. In 2015, his program was honored with a Congressional Record Proclamation in the U.S. House of Representatives. Terry, we feel truly blessed to have you on the show. Let's get started. So, Terry, the first thing I want to ask you is, what have been some things in your life, maybe when you were younger or whatever time period, that really made you the man you are and had an impact on who you were in the world? First of all, to, to grandparents and parents who uh, taught me the work ethics of, uh, you know, what this country was founded on. And I have always, because of them, they had a love for people and so do I. I have always wanted to do things where I was involved with people and with uh, doing things that I can make a difference in the community. That has been very, very important to me. Uh, I hear many, many people talking day to day. Uh, you know, they've been doing something for 30 years, and, oh, I'll be so glad when I finish, you know, and they haven't really enjoyed those positions that they were in, the same one. I've been fortunate to do four or five different things. Uh, people say, uh, you know, T.O., you're going you're gonna to stay with this a while? And I'll say, I don't know, it just depends on whether I get another challenge, you know. And so that being the case, uh, that has been, and, and fortunately, you, you look back on having that many positions, you say, well, Surely one was more fun than the others, but I can honestly say I have thoroughly enjoyed every single one of them. I have found ways to contribute to society and leave those things and said we accomplished the goals that, that I wanted to do on day one of taking those positions. And this being the last one with ABC Commission, we do things with our system that probably and there's 171 systems, and we probably do things with the youth that no other system does anything close to us, and we're very proud of that. Gotcha. Well, that's incredible. Uh, I, th I think it's really inspiring to see someone who relentlessly, relentlessly pursued what he wanted throughout his life and didn't have the sort of, okay, I'm in this job, and I'm doing it till the end, essentially. I think it's really aspirational, something for us to aspire to, to be able to have the the boldness to say, all right, I'm switching, and I'm, I'm doing this now, even though it's something I've never done before, and just having the ability to let go and not 
have so much anxiety built up about it. So can you tell us a little bit about some of the turns that happened that made you go, hey, I want to try this new thing that I've never done before? I will gladly do that. You know, uh, after uh, going to high school at West Rowan, I had a desire to, you know, after playing sports there and after I was fortunate to be the president of the student body there, and I thought I'd love to come back to this school and, and uh, work with students in some capacity. And I thought, you know, having been my interest in sports and then with – uh, my favorite subject, of course, was always history. And so fortunately, a few years uh, after, as I graduated from Catawba, I was offered a job at the middle school. And the toughest thing I ever had to do after only two months at the middle school, I was approached by West Rowan Senior High School and asked to come there and teach um, U.S. history, political science, and contemporary studies, and also be a coach. And I said, oh, my, this is what I'd always wanted. But uh, a man, by a gentleman by the name of George Knox, whom at that time everybody knew, he was a phenomenal principal, and he was the principal at West Middle. And here's a man who had just hired me two months earlier, and I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to go to Mr. Knox and say, Mr. Knox, I am so sorry. This has been wonderful, but I've got something that was a, a great desire. And I went to him, and he said, Terry, he said, there's no apologies. He said, that's what this is all about. He said, you've been offered something. You've been offered a great opportunity. And he said, I want you to pursue that. He said, we've enjoyed our times here. And he said, uh, I think you've made a difference here in just a short time. And he said, I'm going to wish you the best. And he said, I'm going to follow you in your teaching career and your uh, your sports career. And he did. He, he came to many events. And, and he, was a, he was a legend here in this area. And I still think of him to this day and, and give him a lot of credit. But, you know, um, I see some of, the, some of the coaches now. We have a big luncheon every Wednesday. There's about 20 of us gather. And a lot of those guys, we're from all walks of life. We have people from Salisbury Post. We have some of the broadcasting legends. And we have uh, at least one coach from every school in this area that I either coached with or against. And so we all come together and unite and talk everything, sports, politics, you name it, we, we talk about it. And I see many of them who, um, for instance, to give you an example, many of the coaches who were in the business for 30 years, and I respect that, you know, and they loved it. Well, I can assure them, and I tell them every time we meet, just because I was there at a shorter time didn't mean that I didn't love it. And uh, it's just like when uh, – uh, I was there. I was uh, defensive coordinator in football, and uh, I loved it. I was head coach. Uh, we started a JV program in baseball there uh, while I was at West, and I was very proud of that because at that time there was no JV programs. We started that, and then I later became, uh, you know, the head baseball coach. And uh, after five or six years, I wound up seven years, but uh, – People said, you know, I guess you're in this. You're going to do it from now on. I said, well, that all depends. That all depends whether I get another challenge. Now, here in uh, six years, in the first six years, I was, and I'm not saying this is a boastful way, but I'm here to tell you why, as I received a new challenge, and I walked away from it. Uh, most people, if they were doing something for six years, and you were South Piedmont Coach of the Year and, and um, uh, County Coach of the Year, three of those six years, half of the time, what an honor that was. But then when I was approached and said, you know, we need you to consider running for clerk of court. So I thought, I'm going to give that some thought. And then I did so. 
and lo and behold, we won. So here uh, in uh, December of uh, 94, you know, after having great time at West Rowan, you know, I, I took that and we won that seat and then served uh, in that capacity. And then it was the same way at that, you know. We, uh, unfortunately, four years later in a very close election, we um, we came up short and everybody said, well, Theo, what's, what's next? You gonna go back to teaching and coaching? I said, well, that's certainly a consideration. And then I got approached, uh, you know, with uh, Rowan, um, over at Rowan Vocational and it was another great challenge. Some of the most rewarding moments I've ever spent in my life working with all those all those folks over there who had mental and physical challenges and to be able to participate with them and work with them day in, day out. And then, uh, you know, after uh, three years there, I was approached by the county commissions and Terry said, there's not much done being done about the issues with the control aspect of ABC. Uh, in terms of we have we're having numerous issues with uh, underage things, and we need somebody who have worked with youth who can who can start some initiatives. And I said, okay, that sounds great. But I said the only thing I said I haven't reached the goals yet here that I want to at Rowan Vocational. And I was just kidding. I said come back you know next year and I'll consider it. Well, lo and behold, I thought they would go and hire somebody, but they didn't. They waited a year. Unfortunately. You know, they came back, and I said, well, we pretty much have attained those goals I wanted. I said, not that there's not going to be more, but I said, I said, you all sound like, uh, you know, this would be a great um, uh, goal aspiration that I can, I can give for a new position, so why not? Let's go for it. Well, here we are. I just experienced my 18th uh, year here this week, the anniversary, and, and it's been phenomenal. Uh, 171 systems in North Carolina. And we do more toward education uh, than any system. People don't realize that in ABC, 7%, at least 7% of your revenue has to go toward education. And we pride ourselves on that. We often spend a little more than that, which you can. But um, we've taken it to over 200,000 uh, students now on levels from, from colleges to high schools to middle schools. And we're actually now doing pilot programs and pilot initiatives in the elementary schools, and I'm so, so proud of that, whether it's bullying or whatever, and now in the elementary schools, we're going to that gut route now. And we have brought some powerful, powerful pick, uh, speakers into the area, uh, just like recently, just a few weeks ago. We brought the legendary Daryl Strawberry, one of the greatest players ever, and someone who could have been even greater. He makes no excuses for the for the problems that he had with both drugs and alcohol. Here's a gentleman who hit, you know, uh, who hit over 300 home runs. He was one of the most powerful guys to ever play the game. And he, he doesn't make any excuses. He said, you know, I could have hit 600. And that is so true because he was one talented individual. But the thing that is more powerful about him now, realizing the mistakes he made, and that everybody saw how great he was and how great he could have been, but he makes no excuses, unlike some, and he won't go there. He said, he said, my only excuse is Daryl Strawberry. He said, he said, I made the bad decisions, and I could have made some great ones, and look at what I could have done. And he is phenomenal. He is powerful. He had such an impact here in this community. And many of the speakers that we bring in, we brought them from all walks of life. We brought so many in, and a lot of them we have brought for that purpose, uh, who can really relate to youth now who have experienced some of these issues 
Um, you know, we bring we brought in judges from the judicial system who who deal with these things from time to time. You know, almost on a daily basis, some of the issues with youth, and we bring in, like I say, powerful speakers from every walks of life. We brought in many of the kingpins, and fortunately, we've been honored. Uh, one of the greatest honors ever in 2015, we were honored in the United States Congress for our programs with these initiatives and uh, on a special day in 2015, and we were awarded uh, something that I will always be very, very proud of. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, I mean, just all around, I think it's so awesome that you find such pleasure in, in helping the community in such different and diverse ways and just the the act of giving and one of my favorite things to do the the two things I love doing is growing and giving and I think you've done that very effectively uh let's back up for a second I'm curious to hear about for with with the theme of the season in consideration what has been something in your life that was scary for you but you were able to be courageous and do it anyway because you felt called to do so all right, let's, let's take for an example. When I went to Rowan Vocational, here the first week I was to meet with the experts, and I, I still, I'm not saying that lightly, and they were experts, people who deal with people who had challenges both mentally and physically. And, you know, it was, it was an enlightening experience. And then I had an incident the, f the very first week I was there. They approached me and said, Terry, said, by the way, said, you've got a young man here who is causing some issues and said, we're going to have to transfer him away from this facility, maybe to another facility who can spend more special time with him. And I said, well, I understand those things, but I said, I hope I'll get to know that, uh, that it happened to be a young man at the time before he leaves here. And so anyway, uh, they brought him down one day and I, I asked him basically, I said, you know, I said, um, how are things? And he said, oh, okay. He said, um, he said, I don't think they uh, truly understand some of the things I like to do here. And he said, he said, but I'll do whatever they say. So we got to talking one day, and I said, I asked him, I said, you know, what's what's some of the things that you love to do in life? I said, what what if you had aspirations to do some things? He said, well, he said, I would love to have been. Uh, in law enforcement. He said, that would have been great. And I said, oh, really? I said, yeah. I said, okay. And I said, and they had told me, you know, that often that he had had some issues where they'd have to take him out and away from them. They feared that he was going to do something aggressively. You know? So anyway, I told him, I said, i tell you what let's do. I said, I said, I'm going to set up something for you. So I went at that time to the sheriff for Rowan County, and I told him about the issues, this gentleman who had some some real issues and I said uh, he ha he has uh, you know a few men mental challenges and I said I'd like to bring him over and I said I think we can come up with a special plan for him so uh, I took him over and at that time the sheriff he gave him a badge and he said he said uh, Mr. Osborne tells me that that uh, he wants to give you some new initiatives and he wants to keep you at that facility he said I'm all into that he said he said, I, he said, I hadn't gotten to know him very well yet, but he said, so far I like what I see. And I told him, and I said, and I like what I see. I said, so anyway, I told him to step out just a moment. I said, I'll be right back out. I thanked the sheriff over and over. 
I said, I think we're on to something. I said, we may not be the so-called experts yet in this endeavor, but I said, I'm going to call a meeting this afternoon with those folks. So that afternoon, I called all those folks in, and I said, I know y'all have a plan. And I said, I know y'all have done this many, many years, but I said, I said, I got a new plan for this young man. I said, something I think is going to work, and it's going to change him. So anyway, I told him, I said, now, any day that you get to feeling aggressive and you have a confrontation with somebody, I said, you immediately come down to my office, knock on the door. If I'm in a meeting, I said, I'm going to show you. I took him out in the lobby, and I said, you take a seat right here. And I said, you just wait for me to finish that meeting, and then we'll talk. I said, will you promise me that? He said, I sure will. And I said, that being the case, if you'll promise that, I said, I got a new endeavor for you at our facility. I said, what I'm going to do, I said, now I have to go into a lot of meetings. I'm being called away a lot. And I said, I want you to be the so-called sheriff here. I said, I want you to look after things while I'm gone. And I said, when I get back, I want you to tell me what you saw, if you're concerned about some things. And I said, and then we'll talk when I get back. And I said, you help look after things while I'm gone. He said, okay. And I said, and if you get to feeling one of those things like aggressive or somebody, I said, don't go off anybody. I said, you go somewhere. I, I took him. I said, you sit right here. And I said, you get past that. Anyway, long story short, uh, after I left there, he was just phenomenal. But anyway, that afternoon, they came in and they said, Terry, when do you want us to, to take this young man out? And I said, I don't want you to. I said, I know you all know what you're doing. But I said, I think I can handle this young man. I said, we got a plan. And they said, oh, really? He said, you want to share that? And I told them. Well, they came back the next week. And I said, this plan's working great. I said, I said, maybe we do know a few little things. I said, just knowing people. And I said, working with people. I said, I've worked with a lot of students, you know. I said, not all of them were the greatest. I said, they all had issues. And I said, this young man has issues. But I said, we're going to work on them. And I said, I would hate to see him leave this facility now. I said, I have a, a special feeling for this young man. I think he can be successful. And lo and behold, he did. And then I can remember the day that they came to me and uh, when I was in a new endeavor, of course, and they told me that he had passed away. And that was one of the saddest days. And I remember meeting his sister. And we got together, and she said, she said um, I just want to tell you, said one of the greatest things of his life was the fact that he said they would have put him in a facility where he would have gotten very little attention and where he would have been recognized as somebody with major problems. And he said he would have not had any company. He could not have been around anybody hardly. And here he was with somebody continuously all those years. Those were the special moments that make everything I have done feel just phenomenal. You know, like, well, maybe... Because of the man upstairs, he's given you that ability, you know, to, to work with people uh, regardless of what people think, you know. And so uh, uh, those are the great moments I look back on. Wow, that's incredible. And I agree. I think the most fulfilling things you can do in life is to, is to help people and give to people, and especially people who maybe others don't want to give a chance. Or I, I think it's so awesome that you – gave him a role that he loved and how that turned him around. And I think that's that's a very cool thing. There's actually a book called How to Win Friends and, Benef and Influence People, and I'll link to that in the description that 
talks about um, some things about with with speaking with people and how to correspond with them very effectively. So I'll let you guys know about that. Anyway, but for Terry, that is awesome. I'd love to hear more about your your time at ABC, and I'd love to hear more about the different things that you have experienced with the youth and how you've helped people to um, keep out of alcohol and to prevent youth alcohol abuse. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people will say, uh, well, T.O. said, you know, just like you had Daryl Strawberry a few weeks ago, but now, you know, he's uh, he's getting up in the years now. You know, how can he have an identification with today's youth? But the thing that's so great about it, regardless of the age, here's a man that lived those years as a youth. He knows some of the issues today because he's he's been there and done that. Uh, we go in, and it's just like, uh, everybody, we did six programs with Daryl Strawberry. We also had the chaplain from the New York Yankees, and we also had Al Wood, the legendary basketball player at Carolina. All those guys had a, had something in common. And well, let's take let's take Al for instance before I go into the thing with Daryl. Um, still today, one of the great things of him, Al still holds the record today for the most points scored in a Final Four game. He, when he played at Carolina in the Final Four against Virginia, the great Ralph Sampson, who is a legendary player at uh, Virginia, in the, in the uh, semifinals, Al scored 39 points. They then went on to play Indiana and lost in the championship game, which he scored 19. Of course, he's still disappointed to this day that that was a second-place finish. But Al never had any issues, although his parents were alcoholics, uh, his father had abandoned him at a very early age when he was like three years of age. And Al never used that. Well, lo and behold, he went through college, never had any issues. The great Dean Smith was a legendary coach there. He then went on to the pros and then developed some issues, you know, making the big bucks and, and you know, thinking he had it all and then abandoned what life was all about. And all of a sudden he was into both drugs and alcohol and had major issues. And then one night, he realized he had the issues, and he was about to blow his professional career when he was playing with Seattle. And he said they had a day off, and he said it was like it was an omen. And he said he called Coach Smith, his former coach, legendary coach at Carolina, and said, Coach Smith, he said, I've got a day off tomorrow. Can I come and talk to you? Well, 27 years later to this day, after talking with the legendary coach, that turned his life around. And he has been free from alcohol abuse and, and drug abuse since that day. And he loves to gloat about that. And, and he tributes, uh, you know, the man upstairs as well as Dean Smith with turning his life around. Daryl Strawberry is the same way. He has a great identity. You know, he said it would be so easy because he had only 300 and some home runs, was considered one of the greatest talents ever, and then had the abilities to hit 600. And he said, I can easily make excuses, you know, this or that. But he said, I only blame Daryl Strawberry. He said it was my issues. But still to this day, he does things. He travels even with Franklin Graham today. And he is a powerful, powerful speaker. Whether he's talking to an adult group, whether he's talking to a group of youth, he can. He has a great identity. It doesn't matter the fact that, you know, like I say, at, the, at all the six sessions we had recently, 
people knew Daryl Strawberry, but what we do before we go into these programs, we give them a, a bio on them and their careers and, and what happened, what may have happened, and almost all of them are aware of that. And he still shares with us today uh, some of the legends that he played with who still to this day still have some of those same issues, and he still works and communicates with them still to this day. And so, you know, it's been phenomenal hearing from folks like that. And like I say, uh, the list could go on and on, some of the powerful people we've had. And, and uh, uh, one more great example, many people argue to this day that maybe Michael Jordan was the greatest basketball player of all time. But people who are around during this time period I'm speaking of, and even people who read about it today, and um, when NC State won that uh, uh, national championship with Jim Valvano, who is a legend still today, and Valvano had that insp inspiration to bring a team that nobody thought for a minute could possibly be national champions, but he did it. And um, David Thompson, one of the uh, who still many people consider to this day was the greatest college player of all time. Regardless of whether you're a Carolina fan, a State fan, a Duke fan, Wake Forest fan, it does not matter. Many people agree uh, that David Thompson may have been the greatest college player ever. The thing that was phenomenal, when David was a senior, and here's how, how you can bring a community together. When he was a senior and one of the greatest in all the colleges in the entire country looking at him and you know wanting to sign him, they played for a state championship. He was at Shelby Crest. He played for Shelby Crest. Well, guess who he played for in the championship? He played Salisbury High School. So anyway, we brought him here to speak, and we got, we got uh, a legendary coach here at Salisbury and, uh, uh, who, who coached against him that night, and Salisbury upset them and won a state title. And we brought him up on stage and brought the coach, uh, Coach Farr, up on the stage, and we let them pick at each other about. And uh, uh, David said, "Yes." And you went to four corners, said you held the ball against, wouldn't let me get the ball, and all this and that. And they went back and forth. It was great, great scenario. But anyway, here uh, a man who was recruited by every college, every major college team in, in the country. And then he developed some, some issues once he got to the pros, drug issues and all. Another gentleman who still to this day, somebody that could have been maybe the greatest professional player, one of the top ten easily with his talent as a college player. And, of course, it didn't happen because of the issues. He came back too. And, and he, he loved that day being able to come back on that stage at Salisbury High School when we were there. And there's the coach that he played against on that championship game with the state. And we brought all that together, and, and they reminisced. And he talked about what could have been. And, again, he makes no excuses. He said, David Thompson, he said, he was the guy that he said it was my issues. He said it was no one else's issues that kept me from being, uh, you know, perhaps one of the greatest ever uh, professional players after being maybe the greatest high, uh, college player. So. Those are the things that I'm speaking of. Excellent. Well, Terry, I've got two more questions for you. The first one is one we always like to ask, and it is if you could put anything on a billboard, any words, any phrases, however you'd like, that millions of people have, would see, what would you put on the billboard? 
When I was a when I was a teacher, uh, you know, I loved I loved trivia and I loved quotes, you know, day day to day. And one of my all time favorite quotes: uh, Some men see things as they are and say why. Dream things that never were and say why not. You know, you look at so many things, so many things, and you think why, 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 and you think you know you're here for a purpose. You are put here for a purpose. So keep dreaming. And do the things that, you know, that where your talents lay and where you can reach out to people and truly make a difference. And so that's just one of the things that I share. That's what I put on the billboard. Probably that quote. I love it. Robert Kennedy, right? You got it. You got it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. And talking, speaking about purpose, what do you view as your life's purpose moving forward at this time? I think that it never stops, and, and you know, um, just because I use that quote, I use quotes from, from many, many, many political figures, and I love them. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, the challenges that, that Ronald Reagan made to us, you know, with, uh, you know, we, if we forget that we're one nation under God, we're a nation gone under. Things like that that were powerful from every political figure, and I used numerous ones. Uh, that being the case, you know, I will run across something. It's just like I just handed out today to my employees here, uh, something that I ran across. It was a very inspirational thing of challenges and, and you know, the, uh, the good and the bad and, and, and the things that challenge us every day. And it's easy. It's just like people, you know, I, I meet with my – I'm getting ready to have, fortunately, um, my – uh, 50th class reunion with my class of 1971 that I truly love and uh, I uh, we've had numerous meetings recently we're getting ready to have that reunion in September and when we meet we every other Tuesday before the pandemic and now we've we started it back every other Tuesday there'll be about 20 out of that group uh, that uh, class of 171 there will be about 20 of us get together every other Tuesday. It, it varies who comes, uh, you know, for breakfast. Well, this past Tuesday, just like all Tuesdays, they say, Tio, when in the world are you going to quit? You know, when are you going to retire? Well, every one of them, every single one of them at that breakfast have retired. And I said, well, I said, I think it's great. And I said, I am happy for you. Enjoy every moment of it. But for me, for some reason, I still feel like that there are challenges. It's just like, Today, I spent time with a group, and we're planning for those programs, the programs we're going to do, you know, the educational initiatives for the fall. That being the case, I still feel like there's something still out there. And when those challenges end, you know, I'll say, well, maybe it's time, you know, to call it a day. But that day hadn't come yet, and until it does, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, the guy, I think, and it's actually the couple who, who most inspire me. Uh, as a matter of fact, tomorrow is Bob Dole's birthday. Regardless of your political affiliation, this does not matter. But he, of course, is married to Elizabeth Dole, who was a Salisbury resident. Here you're talking about one of the most powerful men who ever served in Congress in the United States Senate, was both minority and majority leader. You had Elizabeth Dole, who, who served as Secretary of Transportation under Ronald Reagan. She served as Secretary of Labor under uh, George Bush. In my years of teaching, I took 2,137 students to Washington, D.C., and to many other places, but that many to Washington, D.C. 
Every time I took students, both Bob and Elizabeth Dole, they would lay out the red carpet, regardless of what their positions were at the time. They, I still have kids, I say kids, students that I taught come to me. I see them eating, you know, day to day, saying those were some of the wonderful moments and then the powerful things that both Bob and Elizabeth said to them. Now, recently, as you well know, Bob Dole, at n tomorrow will be his 98th birthday. Next Thursday, what is so ironic, will be Elizabeth's 85th birthday. They both have birthdays one week apart in July. And I, taught, I call them pretty often. Recently, as you well know, Bob Dole was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Here's a man who, in, who served his country in World War II. He was almost killed in Italy. He had intentions to be a doctor, and because he was left crippled in one hand, he knew he couldn't do that. So he then turned to law, became an attorney, and then went on to run for political office as a congressman from Kansas, became a congressman, and then later a senator, and of course, even of course ran for president, as did Liddy. Now here's two people who have given so much, so, so much. And here Bob Dole, he tells me, Terry, you know, they tried to kill me in Italy. He said, he said, they didn't do it. And he said, now this cancer is trying to get me. And he said, just as it was in World War II, I didn't roll over. He said, this cancer is not going to make me roll over. He said, I'm going to fight this. Now, the night he was telling me this first, he was at Walter Reed Hospital. Well, just a couple weeks ago, Bob Dole was released from Walter Reed. Now, you can take that how you want it. But when I get off the phone with Bob Dole, very seldom, as is right now, just talking about it, I have tears in my eyes. Perhaps the most inspirational couple, but him as a man, and probably as a man to me, probably the most inspirational man I have ever encountered in my life. And every time I get off the phone, I have that desire, Tio, you're not ready to retire yet. You guys, you still got some, some goals and aspirations, and there's still a plan. So that's the case. Wow, that's beautiful. I mean, incredible to hear. Speaking of things coming up in your life, do you have anything that you'd like to tell the viewers about, any, any events or promote, things you'd like to promote in general? Uh, absolutely. Again, just we touched on it a while ago. Uh, we're, we're meeting now, and hopefully, uh, you know, this new version of the virus doesn't get in the way because for the first time ever, uh, we weren't able to do the programs in the schools for the first time in 18 years I've been here. And it was, it was devastating to us all, not only, and we had many students who were looking forward to things, who, uh, you know, have seen the programs, uh, you know, at different levels, and they looked forward to them. I had many people, and, and uh, so uh, we already had our speakers lined up, and uh, it was so tough to call them, say, you know, because of the COVID thing, you know, we're going to have to cancel. So we're already uh, putting uh, things together now. We started the initiative. We've been speaking, uh, you know, to some of the people that we'd like to come and address the students. And we're, what we're doing, of course, with basically uh, a new administration now with the school system, and we want to see what their goals are, you know, because what is phenomenal, uh, everybody says, well, you're going to get the same speaker for every school. But if I go to the to the five high schools and, um, you know, in our special high schools. And if I go, there may be a, a thing that they look at that's a different problem they're having. 
It's not always the same problem in each school. So what we do is try to tailor the speakers that we get and, and which school we're going to, and, and we try to f reach out to speakers who can really focus on those issues. And so that's already what we're working on for the fall programs. And in the fall programs, we usually do the, the middle schools and the elementary schools. If, if you know, We usually do uh, a couple pilot programs with the elementary schools. We usually do all the middle schools and then a couple of the elementary schools uh, that we focus on, one usually in rural, one in a city setting. Uh, and then uh, around prom time, you know, when there's issues, we usually try to do the high schools and the colleges in the spring. But we're go actually going to focus on some of the colleges early this year in the fall, too. So uh, we're uh, greatly anticipating what we, I think we're going to bring together, and so we're excited about it. And we just hope that COVID thing stays out of the way. And uh, as Bob Dole says, we're not going to let that defeat us this year. Brilliant. Terry, I want to thank you for coming on. It, this is really such an inspiration. He says Bob Dole is, and I, I think he is. So, uh, yeah, so, so we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, I love you, and we will bring on another uh, excellent speaker to come in here and inspire you all to take bold action through faith. See you next week. If you are enjoying or benefiting from our show and you'd like to spread the love, you can do so by subscribing, downloading, and telling your friends and family about us especially if you feel that they could benefit as well. Also, if you'd like to access our show notes, which includes any resources that we may speak about during the show, you can do so by clicking the down arrow, the details button, or the abridged paragraph, depending on the platform from which you are listening. We want to thank you for your continued support. We really appreciate it. The Peace and Purpose podcast is a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates Program an affiliate advertising program designed to provide means for creators to earn advertising commissions by advertising and linking to Amazon.com and its affiliated sites. Thank you for joining us on the Peace and Purpose podcast. See you next week.